Hello, and welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast for Edgewood Church in Danville, Illinois. This week at Edgewood. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we're here. I just ask now that as we look at your word again today, uh, specifically from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, God, I ask that you would be a uh, blessing to us. Lord, I pray for your spirit to be poured out, Lord, in myself and on all that are in this room. God, that you would guide and direct my words as I speak, but also, Lord, open up the hearts of those that are listening. God, I pray that the end result would be that you are speaking uh, to us today. I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so we started basically what I would think of as a part one last week of this new topic. Paul is going to take like three chapters, three and a half chapters to talk about what he's talking about now. And so it started off, the very first verse of chapter 12 was now concerning spiritual things. Okay, so that's the topic, spiritual stuff. Okay, we're talking about spiritual things. What does that look like? Now, let me ask you a question, though, before we go on. Just to help you enter into the Corinthian mindset, let me ask you this. Hey, who, who had a pretty good week this week? Anybody? Pretty good? Let me ask you this. If you, if you come off of a good week... No, I didn't put my hand up. No, yeah. <laughs> he didn't put it in. He's mad at everybody else. He's just mad at it. He's throwing stuff at everybody that put their hands up. Uh, well, let me ask you this, though. Uh, when, when you have a pretty good week, um, you come off of it just a little bit feeling like a more successful human being. You know what I mean? I tackled life pretty good this week. You ever feel like, so even if like things go bad, but if you handle it pretty good, you ever come off the end of it going, you know, maybe not outwardly, because that would sound very prideful, wouldn't it? But, but maybe somewhere in there, if you've handled things pretty well, don't you, don't you have a little bit more, you know, pep in your step? Kind of did stuff good, right? Um, what about... Now, this is a tough question because I don't think, I don't think that most of you are going to go down this path naturally, but I'm looking for what might be happening maybe subconsciously, maybe on a, a little bit deeper level you're not even aware of. Okay, so you've got to think hard. If you've been doing life pretty good for a while, do you ever have a little bit of a, up, like an inner upliftedness? Like, I'm doing life pretty good. Do you, do you know what I, at least know what I mean? Yeah? Uh, now, most of you are going, uh, Matt, we haven't been doing life very well. <laughs> uh, we've been dropping the ball a lot lately, so, uh, well, okay, then let's flip it around. You ever come off of a, a bad week, or a bad month, or a bad year, <laughs> a bad life, <laughs> and go, you're... Le you, you, you actually see yourself as less than people are do who are doing it well. So maybe when I was asking that question, people are doing it well. Like you, you somewhere internally, you, you see them as like, now that's a successful person. I'd like to live up to that one day. And you kind of see yourself as less of that. I, I think that as much as we try to fight against it, I think that even plays in a little bit to riches and wealth. Somebody that has plenty of money and they're doing pretty good, 
Don't you somewhere inside, if you're like struggling paycheck to paycheck, do you ever look at the one that's like successful and there's a little bit of you like, I must be doing something wrong. You ever, you ever have that? Okay. The reason why I'm asking these questions is because the Corinthians were very much, and I don't think we're that much different, but the Corinthians were very much in a status honor society. The wealthy were here. The poor were here. The, the talented were here. The two left feet people were here. And that filtered into the church. And the reason why Paul's talking about these things is because now they had a third little niche to, to say, hey, we're doing pretty good. This, we're more spiritual. And there were certain spiritual things that they had deemed as up here. And there were other spiritual things that were deemed as down here. And so one of the things that uh, we talked about last week that's infiltrating into this week is that if, if there's anything good, I like how Amanda said it a minute ago, as believers, there's nothing we have that we haven't received. Right? If there's anything good that happens here today, we can say, and go ahead and let's say, we can say what? Thank you, God. That's, that's a gift from God to his people. Nobody can, can get up on a pedestal at this church or any church in reality and say, I'm better, but also at the other end, nobody can sit over here and say, they're better. I mean, we don't necessarily go down the, I'm worse. We feel that way sometimes. But do you ever look at some and go, they're better. In God's economy, the playing field is leveled. Okay? That infiltrates into what we are talking about today. So I'm going to start with the verse I had at the very end of last time, which was verse 11, which says, All these, all these gifts, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. Apportions, who apportions to each one individually as He, the Spirit, wills. So as these spiritual gifts are divvied out in different ways at different times with different people, who's in charge of that? Is it based on how successful you've been? Is it? No. What's it based on? The Spirit and His personality apportions out as He wills. Okay? And that's where we ended. And now Paul's going to give us an example. I love examples. Okay? This is a good one. Paul says this next, verse 12, and this is what we're going to focus on today. For just as the body is one and has many members. Now, don't let yourself be confused by the word members. Um, it's literally, think of the word organs. Okay, that's what the word is. So you got this one body, but there's lots of parts to it, right? Okay. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with, and you'd think this sentence with it would end with, so it is with the church. Is that how it ends? Oh, interesting. Just as the body is one and has many members, and so all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. I wonder if Paul, as he was pinning this, was thinking back to his 
road to Damascus trip. He had been persecuting the church. And what does Christ say to him? Saul, Saul, that's what Paul was called at the time. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Not why are you persecuting the church. He says, why are you persecuting me? And so we get this idea that the church is the body of Christ. Okay? This is where that, you've probably heard us talk about that before. Have you ever heard us talk about the body of Christ? This is where it comes from. Okay? Now, Paul, this is not the first time that this, by the way, this isn't the first time that this particular example has been used. Marcus Aurelius, you ever heard of him? Marcus Aurelius, right? He used the example of a body to represent the state, right? The government. Um, Socrates used it. I mean, so Paul's, but Paul's confiscating this example. And he's using it, using it in this context. So let's go on to verse 13 here. For in one spirit, from one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Now, side note, rabbit trail. Um, if you've ever been a part of a church that talks about the baptism of the spirit as a separate thing, no, that's not, re hear what it's saying? We were, in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. This is about being immersed into the spirit. When you're immersed into the spirit, right? That's what makes a Christian, Christian. Okay? Jews are Greeks. Slaves are free. Do you see this leveling of the playing field? Paul's like poking a little bit at the Corinthians with their status, honor, society. All were made to drink of one spirit. All baptized. All in one spirit. For the body, he says next, for the body does not consist of one member or one organ, but of many. Okay, we got it, Paul. We're, we're seeing where you're going here. He uses a little humor next. If the foot should say, imagine, could you imagine this? Your foot. Right, your foot. Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? I mean... Some of you have probably thought that your foot was doing that sometimes. When my foot's asleep and I try to walk, I feel like that's what my foot is saying. I don't want any part of this, you know, and it's, okay. But Paul, I mean, he's using a little bit of humor. What's he say? He says, what the, the foot would you say that? Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. It's too bad you're still part of the body. That isn't, you know, you can't just decide I'm, I'm, because I'm not a hand. Oh, the hands, they think they're so special because they can pick stuff up. Right? If it goes, I'm not a hand, so I'm not really part of the body, I guess. Can it, is, that, is that how it works? No. But this one. And if the ear should say, because I'm not one of those eyes, I do not belong to the body, but that, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Now, I'm going to give you my first point, and I have them in their slides today, those note takers. I'm hesitant to put my first point up there because my, the, the points that I have taken out of this context could sound like something that is a pet peeve of mine. Okay? I, I, I don't... I'm, I'm not for... Now, I don't know how you guys are feel about this. I'm just going to... I'm going to come down. I'm not preaching right now. I'm just talking. Can I do that for just a second? Um... I don't like, personally, I don't like one of the things that's kind of infiltrated our society, like the, um, 
How about this? When kids play sports and everybody wins. Right? We're all winners. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Um, so my points, I, I, after I had them all down, I went back and I thought, now those points taken out of context start to sound that way. You're special. You're wonderful. Understand, everything I'm about ready to say as I step up to preach again, all these points are in this context that are you yourself bringing something valuable to God? No. The value that you have, the good that you have, the the gifts that you bring aren't because you are so talented. It's because God is good and he's gifting things. He gets all the glory. But because we are operating in this good God, there's going to be some things that we can say and it works because, and, and this is where it starts to fall apart. See, because the you're special thing, that doesn't, that doesn't work too well when there's like 5,000 people and somebody goes, well, you're special. Well, I'm just one of many. And let's be honest. I, I, I can, the, oh man. I can remember being in school and I was in this class. I was at a small school. I went to First Baptist, but I was in this class at, it was like, if you lined up the guys in my class, it would have been Matt. <laughs> athletic, 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 Matt. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, I just, I just was so annoyed by all these people. They seemed like they had, I, I used to love the parable uh, about the, the one who got the 10 talents and the one who got the, you know, this, and then there's a the guy that got the one talent. And I was like, I feel like, I'm like one of those one-talent guys. Like, I just, I got one little thing. Let's make the best of it, okay? So, but here's the thing. So, if you're operating with reality, let's be honest. There are people that are more talented than others. There's some people that seem like they get everything. They got the looks. They got the money. They got, I mean, everything's playing out great. You want to kick them in the shins, don't you? (laughs) That's not right. I shouldn't. Well, that's why I'm not down here and not up there right now. But reality, doesn't reality, I mean, I mean, we all know in our gut there are winners and there's losers. So if I to give you these points that I'm getting ready to give you, outside of the context of God's grace, it could sound that way, but those, you're special, you're important, all that stuff breaks apart in reality because there are some people that frankly have it better put together than others. But in this economy, there's something better. And so I can say, my first point, not based in your own merit. See, that's how the Corinthians operated. Merit. The honor was because of merit. They earned the degrees, right? I can honestly look out at every single person here that is a believer and say, You, because God is good, belong as part of this body. Now, when I say that from this point forward, when I say this body, understand I'm not just talking about this particular church. I'm talking about the full body of Christ, but I'm not excluding this particular small body, okay? 
I can look out at every face here, and if you are sitting here and you're a believer and God has saved you and you got the Spirit of God, you belong. You can't ever get to a point where you just say, well, I'm a foot. I'm not really part of the body. Not true. God has you here for a reason, for a purpose, and you genuinely, if you've never felt like you belonged anywhere, in God's economy, you do. And I, I love this reality because if I were to just get up here and say you belong outside of God's grace, if I come over here and say this, that can break down, can't it? Because your feelings, and maybe if you do something stupid, you can end up feeling like an outsider. But see, in God's economy, I can say it, and it's true because of who God is, because of his character. You see the wonder, wonderful goodness of this, this news? You belong. I can look at you, and I'm going to tell you right now. You, you belong to the body of Christ. There's not a single person that comes to him that doesn't belong. Let's keep going here. Verse 17, the first half of it says, If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? He's unpacking this example. Okay. Imagine big eyeball. Yeah, I mean, pointless, really. I see everything, but you couldn't say I see everything because you don't have a mouth. Right? We'll be, we'll be hearing. You won't be able to hear anything. And this just makes sense with the body. If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? All the noses come into this. I'm going to give you a second point. Flowing from the first into this one. See, this is why I had to preface everything. Because <laughs> taken out of context, I mean, if I, if I walk up to you and go, you're important. It, to me, it's just so cheesy. But if you say this inside this bounds of God's grace, you, you have a sense of, how is that possible? But I'm going to believe it's true. Somehow, in God's good grace, me, not because of it, because I'm not bringing anything good to the table, but God chose me to be part of this. Somehow. And so you, you can go through, like, I don't want anybody to ever walk in this church and think, it's... I'm not important to the big picture of the body of Christ. Let me ask you a question. You ever broke your big toe? I used to think my big toe wasn't that important. One time I broke it. My dad stepped on it with his lineman boots. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. He forgot it. I didn't. My toe hasn't forgotten it either. And I thought my big toe wasn't that important. Until you break your big toe, you don't think it's that important. And then you break your big toe and you go, <laughs> you know, you look like a ridiculous fool, you know. Like, but, but. Is your big toe important? Yeah. You're important. In fact, this unfolds a little bit further. As Paul says next, he says this, but as it is, just in case... 
as it is, God arranged the members. And that word arranged, one of my commentaries said, the English does not do it. Some, some versions say appointed instead of arranged. Neither one of them do it justice. There's a nuance in there that it's all for God's purposes is filtered into this. So, but as it is, God, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there, there's many parts, yet one body. The eye, on the other side of the spectrum, we started off with the foot going, well, I'm not part of the body. It goes the other way, too. The parts that we might think have more merit. Naturally, maybe we might think an eye is more important. than The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. I could put it this way. You may not realize it. You might think, you might by some ridiculous, I don't want to be mean, but you might in some ridiculous thought pop in your head and think, you know what? Edgewood doesn't need me. Can you imagine if every week I got up here and preached to an empty be like, a, be like the big eye, right? And I'm telling you right now, I don't ever look out and think, any of you, I don't need you. In fact, when you're gone, when you're gone, and I know I'm not alone in this, when you're gone for whatever reason, whether it's a good reason or a bad reason, and let's be honest, there's good reasons and bad reasons. Okay? Good reason, I'm in the hospital. Okay. Bad reason? I'm just tired today. That's a bad reason. I was tired today. <laughs> when you're gone, and I'm going to talk about this more in just a minute, but when you're gone, I feel your absence. That's, I'm speaking personally. When you're gone, I feel your... I've been talking about this for 10 years. I, I genuinely, I don't think of myself as a person who gets swayed emotionally. But when, it's, when more than one of you are gone, and you can ask, ask Charity this, I, I've talked about this for 10 years. When more than one of you are gone, there, there are times I, where I'm like, I just, I don't even want to get up here. I just, it, it's like if somebody cut off my leg. I cut off the arm. It affects the whole person, does it not? When you're gone, and I know I'm not alone in this, there are those that are here and they say the same thing. We walk in, you look around, and one of the first things we all do is, who's missing? And it's not a critical judgment. Oh, they're missing again. Okay, so we're not doing that. We feel it. You're missed because you're needed. Verse 22. On the contrary, the parts of the body 
that seem to be weaker seem to be. I've never once thought of my liver and thought, my liver's powerful. That's weird, isn't it? But my liver, it's indispensable. Is it not? Do you see how he's playing out this illustration? There are parts that you might think, that's eh, not what's, how does it really? The parts of the body that seem to be weaker, maybe you think of yourself that way. And remember, he's also turning everything upside down for the Corinthians, isn't he? God's church doesn't operate the way the world does. And the parts that seem to be weaker that we'd normally go, they're not bringing anything to the table. Paul says, indispensable. Dis indispensable. Dispense, dispense, you can get rid of it. Indispensable, can't do it. Can't do without. So I can say, each of the parts of the body that are here today and the ones that aren't, indispensable. Do you see, again, why I had to preface everything? I mean, if I just got up here and said, you belong, you're important. I mean, you would just be so cheesy. But when, when it's in God's economy, there's a sense of gratitude. Like, I'm indispensable to God's way of doing things. If, if you were dispensable, you wouldn't be here. God wouldn't have brought you into his kingdom. But there must be some reason why you're here that is indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, respectable, we bestow the greater honor, respect, lift it up. Now, your mind starts to think, well, what parts of the body is that? I don't know. I'm worried about going down this path because I'm a pastor. Oh, I have so many things in my notes I could say. <laughs> Not going to. What's important here is that Paul's, again, turning the Corinthian mindset upside down. There's some people that we seem they deserve. They're the most respectable in the church. And Paul says that's not how the church works. The ones that we'd normally see as the least respectable, that's what this word honorable means, least respectable, are, deserve the most honor. I, you know what you guys are doing. You're joking around about... <laughs> I, I just know some of you are looking at some of this and going, I think I'm the butt crack of the church. <laughs> you just, foot, everybody walks everybody, you're, you're the other left foot. I'm the kneecap of the Bible, of the church. Um, well, this gets a little bit more interesting. I have to say the point before I move on. You, you're, you're, there's this, this word honored uh, could also be translated respected. Um, it comes from a word that means valued, precious. It, it, a different form of the word is used to, to deal with money, like a treasure. 
you're valued in God's church. But our, and see now some of you, I know where you're going to go with this. And I think Paul's okay with that, if you've read the rest of his writings. He says, in our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts do not require. Now, here, here's what's interesting. I was going one way with this, but I realized something this morning. Um, I, I did a little bit more digging right at the last minute this morning, and I found out this word unpresentable actually means or can mean deformed. So I think of one who maybe has a deformity. You've ever met somebody that maybe they had something was wrong with their hand or something? And you ever notice that? What, what do people typically do? And that's what that word modesty, that's what we tend to do. Let me give you this quote um, from a guy named Jurgen Moltmann. He says this, and I think this captures where Paul is headed with this. I almost missed it until I got this quote. Christian believers who bring with them disabilities, privations, I had to look that word up, lacking, right? Shortcomings. Or experiences of suffering may be the most precious part of the body. I'm going to say all that again because I think we need more than one amen to that. Christian believers who bring with them disabilities, privations, or experiences of suffering may be, and I believe are, the most precious part of the body. Amen? Because every church stands in genuine need of such to live out and to teach the character of the gospel, the good news of God. So I have to throw in here, you are not. See, because I maybe went through all those that you belong, you're important, you're needed, you're, you're indispensable, you're honored. And I know that at least one of you in the back of your mind thought, you might be the exception to that rule. You're not. No exceptions. Every single one of you. But God has so composed the body, even greater honor, the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. So we enter into this, as we look at all these individual parts, but coming, pulling it all back together, we have this one another phrase that is so common through Scripture. And so let me put it this way. You're not alone. One of the best benefits of being part of this body, part of this bigger picture, you're not alone. You're not alone. Too often... I think people don't recognize this aspect that Paul says here, there may, that there may be no division in the body. Many churches feel, I think, split apart. And one of the reasons is 
for people's lack of being all in. See, to be part of the body is to be a participant. And this plays out with this next verse here. If one member suffers, one organ, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I mean, if somebody ran a race and they finished, I wouldn't go up to them and go, your legs are awesome. Good job, legs. Right? That would be bizarre. It's the, isn't it the whole person that won the race? Things we keep covered with skin, like lungs and heart, indispensable. If you're walking through the house and you have sons and it's nighttime and you're in your sock feet and you step on a Lego. Who's done that? You ever stepped on a Lego? I don't know how it happens, but it feels like the pain shoots through your entire, you know what I'm saying? When one part hurt, I mean, all I did was, it was just the heel of my foot, stepped on that little tiny Lego. And what happens? <laughs> I feel like my whole body is going to fall down on the ground. When one part suffers, doesn't the whole body suffer? I like taking these, these ideas and blending them out of the body and into church life. Some of you know exactly what this is like. There's been people that are here that when they go through suffering, you feel it. You feel it with them. You know what I'm talking about? When you're suffering and people are motivated, they come up to you and they're like, oh man, I've been praying for you. Why? I think we're finding out right here. It's the body of Christ. Why? Is it because you're in and of yourself so special and important? No, but you're, you're, you are important because of who God is. You're part of this body. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. My final point, we are in this together. I want to talk about something as I close that's a little bit more practical. I'm going to put up the last verse of my passage today. You are the body of Christ and individually members, organs of it. Okay? Something I don't talk about very often here is that word, and I, we get it from this idea, members. Have you ever heard of somebody talk about church membership? Okay, so... I encourage church membership. I don't demand it. Does church membership decide whether or not you go to heaven? No. Let me give you one of its key benefits. If you take that step and say, I want to be a member of this church, I think the best benefit is not just to the church, 
but also to you individually, members of it. You're part of the body of Christ, individually members of it. So if, if, you, if you take that step and you say, you know, I think I want to be a member of this church, what you, I think it's psychological. I think what you do is you say, you know what? I'm going to allow myself to get connected to this representation of the body of Christ. So now we're talking local church. Big, right? Church across the world, body of Christ. Local church, body of Christ. It's almost like saying, you know what? I, I'm going to allow the veins and arteries to get connected. Right? I want to be grafted into this body. Some Christians operate like a severed hand. And I want to tell you that if you operate that way without allowing yourself to get connected, not only are you missing out, we're missing out. We're missing out as well. There are gifts that God gives to his people that come through his people. And I just want to say, unless you're ready to just be connected to a church and just be, I'm going to be a part of it. I'm all in. Be part of this body. You are going to miss out on ways that God could use you. But we're going to miss out on ways that God could use you. There's a limit because you're still part of the bigger body of Christ. But until you're ready to say, man, I want to, I want to get connected, intertwined, messy. Even if I'm just the big toe of the church, I'm gonna, I want to be in. If you're interested in saying, you know, I want to be a member of Edgewood, on a side note, um, some people think that just happens. I found as I've been here for a while, some people think, well, I've been here 10 times. I'm a member, right? I mean, that's not, that's not how it works, okay? Um, if you want to be a member, you come to the pastor. You say, I'd like to be a member of this church. And, and we've, we've first we evaluate. We, we want to see, are you a Christian, right? Are you part of the bigger body of Christ so that you can be in, incorporated into this body of Christ in, in a more meaningful way? Do I look down on you if you don't ever choose membership? Absolutely not. I just believe you're missing out. I also think there are some who become members in name, but they still operate church like this, like, okay, it's over, <laughs> right? And I will say, you know what? Being a part of a body of believers is tough sometimes. Is it not? I think it was captured in that last verse because when the body suffers, everybody suffers. And it's, it's tough. It's tough to really invest in a group of people. That's not an easy thing. But you're missing out. You're missing out on what God has for you. God is a portion. He's, he's got a place for you as part of the body. You're just missing out on what God could have for you. I used to think, when I first came here 10 years ago, I used to dream like... Man, I'd love for God to bring in like this kind of, per like the multi-talented people. Like, man, I really love one of those people come in. Like the family that's all together 
and they have kids that can sing or something weird, you know? And like they come in and like, we can play the piano. We can do, you know, they're doing all these amazing things and they're like, what can we do a special this week? And they're like, the whole family's up there and they're in perfect harmony. It's like, <gasps> wow, I used to dream like, man, I want some of, I, I have, my God has completely changed me. I, I would rather not have any of that, to be honest with you. I love the broken, messed up people that God brings to this church because the fact is those, those families that seem like they have it all together, they're just as messed up under the surface. I would take a bunch of people that are like, I'm a sinner, I just need Jesus, and I'm willing to do whatever he wants me to do. I'll take that any day. I don't care if you have no talents. I kind of prefer it. Because God, in this case, in Edgewood, he gets so much glory. Because I don't know, I'm looking around. I'm, I'm looking. Now, Ashley, she's pretty musically talented. I don't know if she falls into this or not. She's pretty, pretty amazing. But even her... She, you know what she does? Yeah, do you remember? I, I, I didn't mean to put her on the spot. I remember before when she was just playing the piano in the corner. And finally she said, you know what, God? I'm just going to sing out in praise. So the music that we get, is, is that not a gift of God? Not because God has brought amazingly talented people here, but because God is just so good like that. And so I love this church because I walk away every week and I just think, God gets all the, all the glory here. Don't you love that about this church? God gets all the glory. There's nobody here that's got it so together that they can walk away with some of the glory. And when we try to give them the glory, they go, uh, you don't really know me that well. Um, that's all God. And so I love that aspect of this church and I hope it continues on. God it's all the glory. I'm going to now, I want to partake in communion with you. But uh, I, I wish, we've been talking about it for weeks, and I keep thinking, man, I need to find a way to get this done. But part of the breaking of the bread is meant to symbolize we're all part of the one loaf. And we're, so we're taking of the body of Christ. And so imagine this bread is broken, which it does start off, I was one big piece, doesn't it? And my mom cuts it all up, right? And so we're going to partake in this bread and partake in this cup, part of the body of Christ. Um, I'm going to go ahead and have the guys come on up. I want to pray that God would bless this bread and this cup. And I want to encourage you today as you partake of it, I want you to think about, God, what have you got for me? as part of the bigger body of Christ. What do you have for me? I don't deserve this, but I'm willing to participate in what you may have. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you now for this bread and this cup. I pray now that you would uh, bless this in such a way, Lord, that those that partake today, those today that are here that are true believers, or that your spirit has filled them. God, I ask that as they partake today, it would be meaningful and purposeful, or that they will think about the body of Christ 
broken for us. Lord, that they, they will think about the blood that was shed on the cross to give them the opportunity to be a part of your plan. I pray now that you would bless this bread and this cup. In the name of Jesus, I ask this. Amen.